it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening and welcome to this week's Ball Over podcast. The only rugby podcast gives you all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action or with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Ball Over Podcast. We are Ball Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook. You can find all of our um, podcasts on all good podcatchers. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Store, lots of different places I couldn't even begin to list. Um, we are the West Country Podcast that... Uh, doesn't take rugby too seriously but we also like to give opinion rather than any sort of fact or any sort of uh thing that might uh get us into trouble with anyone because we don't have to answer to anyone so there you go um i am joined this week by uh a man who travels a lot uh, i get the feeling we might be hearing a little bit about heathrow terminal 2 this evening uh the Chinese lens on himself. Doug, how you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Thanks. Good, good, good. And uh, the housewife's favourite, the the man who seems to be wearing a, a 1996 Gloucester shirt, even though he's a, an extra Chiefs follower. Yeah, yeah. Gone, gone old school. Um, as some of our Twitter followers might know, I made a trip home to the parentals in Somerset today and got thrust a box of clothes and this was at the top of it and I think it's the only thing that I kept. Old school rugby shirts, regardless of um regardless of teams, are so much top better. quality. Proper, rich, thick cotton, you know, something to really grab hold of in a in a scrum. Um the type of thing that if it gets wet would probably add about a, a stone and a half to uh to your body index. And uh, but you know, for the housewife's favourite, that's not really an issue, is it? Um, and there's me. I'm Russ Milsom. I'm trying to guide us through whatever we decide to talk about this evening. Um, let's talk about some <clears throat> Premiership. We're going to talk about uh, some Six Nations, potentially some coronavirus, uh, some um, 
paywall stuff and then to many other business and we'll see what happens so let's start with the premiership friday night which was sale versus gloucester um or gloucester versus sale should i say um gloucester are in a absolute slump when it comes to form that's four defeats on the bounce now for gloucester uh and they're looking certainly vulnerable it's it's a it's a ridiculous thing to say vulnerable they're not as affected by international call-ups as some as some of the other sides in and around them but they seem to be stuttering somewhat um sale on the other hand are absolutely flying the partnership of the the james brothers in the centers with the absolute behemoth johan van rensburg currently out injured is is starting to bear a bit of fruit but what do you make of the, the Gloucester slump, Phil, as you're sat in a Gloucester shirt? It seems a bit odd, you know, four yeah, on the bounce. it does. And, and form is an interesting thing. I know Doug doesn't necessarily buy into the whole kind of form argument quite as much and, and winning become a, becoming a habit, etc. But something's not clicking with that side and hasn't for... Probably six to eight weeks. They they started the season absolutely flying and looking like this could be a really good season for them. Um, and then results didn't necessarily show it, but they were in a in a few games where they didn't necessarily show the best of themselves. And now they just they just look like they're struggling a bit. And it doesn't really. It's not personnel. It's exactly the same personnel because as you said, they're not affected by international call ups. There's just something not quite clicking with them. Um, and even uh, the, if you look at the 12 trees try that he scored, and if you haven't seen it, it's definitely well worth a, a, a Google or a checkup on YouTube. Um, it was basically as a result of a, of a butchered opportunity. The ball hit, I think it was Banahan's shoulder and came flying forwards. And twelve trees just happened to be the quickest to react. But well, that was after that was after Luke James had tried to gather it and smashed it yes. back over the try line. And yeah, yeah, it, it was, was the type um, of try the type was, of try was, that any Hill music would have uh, been it, proud. Of. Exactly, I was I was missing that bit. But the the key point for me is six eight weeks ago that ball from Cipriani would have gone to hand. It wouldn't have gone anywhere near somebody's shoulder. Um, but there's something that just isn't quite a hundred percent right. And I, I can't put my finger on it probably any better than Ackerman can. Otherwise, he'd have done something about it. Yeah, it's an odd one. I mean, for, for context, they've gone from third to ninth. They're on 25 points. I know this is a very tight um, a tight premiership at the moment, but they, they could potentially, you know, they lose another game and they could find themselves in 10th or 11th position. And it is absolutely mental to think that, you know, three or four weeks ago, they were second or third in the league. Um, we mentioned Sale. Sale are rumoured to be making a few more sign-ins. It's a good job they are now able to compete financially. How many um, of them are South African? Well, none. Uh, no, one. Well, one, one. One of these rumours. <clears throat> um, there's the uh, Vincent Aubergine. Vincent Aubergine. <laughs> Vincent Aubergine emoji. <laughs> Um, Richard Rugglesworth, who that must be a you know a player coach type role you'd think, wouldn't you? But um, and also a, an odd one that seems to come a little bit out of left field is the Exeter chief centre Sam Hill. I, I wonder with Wigglesworth whether if he's a player coach, he gets they can put all of his salary down as a coaching salary. Um, but he's effectively there. No, it, it'd have to have a it'd have to have a player salary if he's part of the playing squad, wouldn't he? 
Yeah, but how much? How how do they? Otherwise, you just have fifty coaches on your team. Well, but how do you decide how much of his salary is player and how much is coach? No, but but that but that counts if without going too deep down a salary cap rabbit hole, it does count as a as a a club based player interest. You know, we mentioned before about the. Um, the Penzance team and the the cricket team, where they they've got round the local Cornwall um, pro player route by paying a guy to be the groundsman and you know paying yeah. another guy to be the bar manager. Well, as far as the salary cap goes, if there's one thing I have learned is that obviously all of these interests have to be declared. So if he if he was under contract as a player and then had a separate contract as a coach, that would have to be declared to the PRL and therefore count towards a salary cap because it's uh, an investment okay. made made by the club. So, so um, but you're right, the Sam Hill one seems like a bit of an odd <laughs> one from both sides in that I'm not sure Sam Hill's going to get any more rugby going there than what he's getting at Exeter. And I'm not sure Sale necessarily, he's going to strengthen their squad by being there. So it seems, and that's not, it's not me being disrespectful to Sam Hill. I think he's a fantastic player. I just don't see him getting that much more rugby. I don't know. Maybe there's there's something else, something personal behind it. But well, he's suffered a bit with injuries, isn't he? But like you say, he's not played an awful lot for for Exeter over the last couple of seasons. Um, but when he has played, he he's looked every bit the the part that he that he always was going to be. So yeah. maybe Exeter are cutting the losses. Maybe it's a a salary cap contract thing. You know. Maybe yeah. it's because, maybe it's because he's coming to the, I don't know this so maybe it's because he's coming to the end of a um Academy particular contract yeah and and they need to offload it before they have to start paying for work for his salary who knows who does yeah, I, know I, I don't and, really I don't really understand and, the whole really, who, who, who cares no true <laughs> who cares um oh, no, we definitely care well we don't care about a lot of things we care about really inconsequential things. Um, <laughs> tight, like tight white shorts. <laughs> things that don't, things that really don't matter. Um, the other piece of news to come out of sale today is the immediate release of uh, Chris Ashton, which was a bit odd. Uh, was that yesterday or today? I, I'm losing con- today. Today. It was, was this morning. So um, it's, there's been a, a falling out, um, should we say, of between Chris Ashton and Steve Diamond. And I can't imagine Steve Diamond is the type of guy you're going to fall out with. But, I mean, you could just ask Sam Peters. They had a bit of a falling out. Maybe he thought that... Sam uh, Peters is a wand. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe the, edit that. He's a wand. I will not be editing that. That's fine. I could also pretty much guarantee he won't listen to it. Or anybody that likes Sam Peters or is connected I, to Sam Peters. I disagree with that. And if I've learned one thing this week, it's that anyone who has any opinion on rugby and has more than about a thousand followers, I'm absolutely sure they're constantly Googling themselves or searching oh, for oh, themselves. Oh, are we going to come on to that later on, do you think? No, that's um, all I want to say about that. Fair enough. So, so how many how many times in a row do you have to say Sam Peters is a wand whilst washing your hands for it to be effective? <laughs> you have you have to you have to sing a whole voice of uh, Miley Cyrus that came like a wrecking ball, okay. and <laughs> and then once you've done that, um, getting all the lyrics entirely correct, then you can stop washing your hands. But you have to get all the lyrics correct without googling them. Um, 
so yeah, apparently there's a bit of a fallout over training methods or the way they wanted to play. And and Steve Diamond's been uh, quoted as saying something along the lines of he thought we should be playing one way and I thought we should be playing the other. So we thought it best he leave. And that, that's pretty much the crux of it. Which uh, yeah. seems like a bit bit of an overreaction. Seems like there's something a bit more to that. Um, I think that's entirely in keeping with what would happen with if you got into an argument with Steve Diamond. Exactly. I don't. I don't quite know what his role is at that club. He seems to be everything from the director of rugby to the bouncer. <laughs> and, that's Dor- and, and literally every job in between. I thought Dorian West was the bouncer. And and just to keep it in house, I think his son's the social media manager, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, competing financially is something that Sale have struggled with. So uh, let's take it back to that. And now they're going to sign some more players, probably some more South Africans. And um, the Sale Stormers will uh, will be in full effect next season. Let's Let's move on. Let's move <clears throat> on, shall we? Let's get away from yes. Manchester. Nobody likes it. Um, There's another pod that takes care of all the Manchester-based business. <laughs> there is. And, and you know, most of you probably listened to that already and have listened to that already. Uh, let's go on Saturday then. Let's start with Quinns beating Exeter. Um, a great result for Quinns. And from what I watched, which was most of it sort of on skip through on uh, on Sunday morning, thoroughly deserved for Harlequins I must admit as far as performance goes they were decent and they they went toe-to-toe with Exeter and and they matched them uh, every single every single part and deserved the win despite the absolute farce that was the last well the the injury time the red zone time that uh, that was played where for those of you that haven't seen that have living in a cave Christoph Ridley blew for a penalty when um, Quinns were pretty much marching a scrum towards the line. Danny Kerr put the ball out and gave uh, an overlap pass. And Ibatoi was just about to, well, pretty much cross the line. And Ridley was blowing for a penalty. So they went for some more scrums. And then they had a scrum that was crabbing sideways. But then Ridley decided to give a penalty try, basically a tone in for his earlier error. Now, you know, we all know two wrongs, don't make a right but actually if in this case and this might shock some people as a, as an extra follower but if saints had, let's say don brand knocked it on at one of those scrums and the whistle had gone and extra had won that game because ridley had made that penalty decision early on or earlier on harlequins fans would have gone absolutely mental and Gustav would have gone mental and it would have just been, you know, it would have been catastrophic. The fact that he approached it the way he did doesn't make it right. But actually what happened was the right thing for the result. Does that sound a bit too wet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, mate. So, so I, I personally think when the, the Ibitoi try that never was happened, I think he blew too late rather than too early because the scrum was a mess and the ball just kind of popped out the side and the scrum was over well before Kev put his hands anywhere near it. Um, and if he'd have blown earlier, the whole thing is is kind of done and dusted. 
I think the the yellow card was very harsh. The yellow card against Hepburn was very harsh because he blew he blew Hepburn for dropping the scrum, but the ball never came in because Quinns were pushing. Yeah, like Hepburn, trying to get a shove on. Hepburn was a meter behind where the the line of the scrum was when he dropped it before the ball even came in. So if anything, that should have been a penalty the other way. I'm not. It's it's not much fun slamming refs, and I'm not going to slam the ref because ultimately, without refs, we haven't got a game. Um, he made some mistakes. He'll get over it, and he'll probably get end up being a better ref as a result well, of it. And um, he's and, been and an Quinn, ref. And Quinns deserved to win. Like Exeter did not deserve to win that game. So. Yeah. And Ridley is, has been a really good this season. Ridley has been a really good ref, and the games I've watched, I've been really impressed. And uh, it's hard to know whether he panicked. It's hard to know whether he was trying to atone, and he made that penalty try. I mean, fundamentally, that penalty to try decision was incorrect. There was no way that that particular scrum was a penalty. Was a penalty try? try. No. So I, I'm not sure that that. It wasn't actually him that called the penalty. That's that's the other interesting thing. It was the touch, it was the touch judge that called the penalty. What a bunch of busy it, pricks they are, by the if way. You, if you listen to it, you hear white, 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 and then he blows his whistle and gives the penalty try. Um, I think he had it in his head that if there's a penalty here, I'm going to give a penalty try. Absolutely. For, for repeated infringement. Yeah, But you can't give a penalty try for repeated infringement. That, can, I, the... can, I, can I butt in? Go on, mate. But away from what from what I saw of that the, the the try that he gave, um, or the penalty try, it seemed like all that was happening in that scrum was that Exeter were going backwards. Quinn's had the ball was really going backwards, but but the ball was under control. Yeah. So why was there a penalty at all? Because as far as I'm aware, just going backwards isn't a penalty. I kind of no, agree, and it wasn't it wasn't going backwards. That's the point. It was crabbing. And the but the scrum was still moving. It wasn't yeah. in a. It I, I wasn't. It had, didn't go down. It annoys me that we've sort of come to this point with scrums, whereby if you just get shoved backwards, it's a penalty. Because that's not that's not how it's intended. You can be beaten in a scrum and not give give a penalty away. Yeah, correct. Anyway, carry on. It's quite a good no, debate. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but either way, I don't right, really care either way. Really, I think I think he um, he knows that the errors of of what his mistake mistake is made. Did you see any of the um, BT Sports stuff on Sunday with Wayne Barnes? That was it. It was on the the panel. Um, well, I think it's ref team. <laughs> Trademark. Can we, can we only ever refer to him as world's greatest ref, Wayne Barnes? Yeah, you can do. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I quite like Wayne Barnes. I do. I, I'm, um, I don't dislike Wayne Barnes at all. I just I'm, I'm a, a little bit. It, it nauses me up a little bit the amount that you know. He gets I, I'm blown up his ass. Walks around like a human chimney with all the smoke that gets blown up his ass. I'm, I'm the same with Nigel Owens. Oh no! There's no. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. There is. Um, <laughs> um, but either way, so, no. But the point I was trying to make is that. On the the coverage, they put Wayne Barnes on the spot about Christoph Ridley, and he actually answered it really well. Which is, you know, actually referees make mistakes, and the human element of that is gone. Doug. But 
you say that he answered it really well. He may have answered it really well, or did he throw Christoph Ridley under the bus by no, saying he, that he made no, a mistake? No, 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 no he, he didn't. didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he, he explained. I didn't see it. So, so he explained. What, what you just explained. Right, go on. No, no, no. So he explained that he'd spoken to Christoph Ridley. Right. In the morning of, on the Sunday morning. There, he said that there will be a review. They get together on a Monday and a Tuesday and they'll review the weekend and they'll talk about the, the things. But he he basically said that Christoph Ridley knew afterwards or he felt like he'd made one mistake, one big mistake, and then has compounded, compounded it, it by making another. Um, he said that he spoke to Rob Baxter after the game, Christoph Ridley, and apologised for that decision that he'd made. And Rob Baxter accepted it for, um, you know, because oh, well, ultimately he's got no other choice, is he? What's he going to do? <laughs> but what, what a difference between Rob Baxter's post-match um, TV conference and what would happen if that was a football, talking, football talking thing. Of, it was a talking VAR. of people who get smoke blown up their ass. <laughs> no, like, I don't. This it's not a comment about Baxter necessarily, because I think it would have been the same had it have been most of the Premiership coaches, not Steve Diamond. Um, but I think you probably would have got the same response if it was the other way around from Paul Gustard going, "Look, we made a mistake, but we, oh, the ref, the ref has come and spoken to us and said that it wasn't ref the way he'd like it to to be done, but we weren't good enough, and we've got things that we need to work on." And I don't want to concentrate on the ref because we've got shit that we need to do. Yeah. And I think he he was honest enough in that situation <laughs> to know that Quinn's ultimately deserved to win that game. And if you can be magnanimous when you know actually you didn't deserve the win, you know, it, it's it's very it's very easy to play play that that, that down, isn't it? And just Accept the referee's decision. If Exeter had absolutely dominated it and Quinns had, and and Quinns had stolen it at the last on the other side, do you think he would have been in the same sort of position? Maybe not. But you know, you again, we can't really second guess that scenario because it didn't happen. But anyway, um, I'm sure, like you say, I'm sure Christoph Ridley will, will move on and and learn and become better because of that whole situation. Uh, let's... Why, yeah, can I? Uh, why? Why does making a mistake make you better? I don't understand it. Just don't make the mistake. It, anyway, it makes, I'm just, I'm, it just makes... I'm just full of full of uh, full of uh, useless questions tonight. That's the sit. No, but I'm bringing sure, making, doesn't making, need an answer. Making a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> rhetoric. Is it rhetorical? You make, making a mistake only makes you better if you know you've made a mistake. If you make a mistake and you think right. you're right, that makes you worse. Yeah. yeah, let's see if Christoph Fridley ever gives another crap penalty try decision. Then we'll we'll really find out if he's learnt or not, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, there was a, two more games on Saturday: Leicester versus Worcester. Um, and, and nobody watched it. I think it doesn't sound like it was the best game, but a win for Leicester nonetheless, who are, are climbing away from safety now, just the eighty-seven points ahead of Saracens um, <laughs> in eleventh place. But uh, oh, that would be a relief for them. Keeping the keeping that gap nice and tight, and Worcester have, have slipped down to to tenth after that game. The other game on Saturday, uh, there, was it a... there, so sorry, Russ. There, apparently, there's rumours coming out. Uh, I, you know, I've picked up from other pods and listened to people that, that all was not well at Worcester. Really? Yeah. In Solomon's or just uh, a little bit of um, yeah, a little bit of Ashton's going on. I think people not happy with how they're. Being set up and wanting to play and all that kind of stuff. 
Well, I've noticed, obviously... Divas, basically, Russ, Divas. Oh, yeah, but let's be honest, right? Divas at Worcester? All I know is that I've watched Worcester probably six times this year and their best players aren't playing very well. And by their best player, I mean Francois Huard is not the player he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I imagine he's making a fair bit of cash um, and he's rocking a fairly decent haircut and a lot of tattoos. So maybe, you know, there's some jealousy there. Yeah, And, and Mills, he has got amazing quads. Mills, Mills, Mills is off. He's gone. Is he gone? Yeah. Yeah, he's leaving at the end of the season. So who knows what's going to happen. But like I say, it's not going to matter in 12 months' time when the Premiership is ring-fenced and Uh, Saracen's coming back up, though, is it? It's not going to matter. It's kind kind of... I'm I'm finding it quite difficult to motivate myself to talk about the Premiership because ultimately none of it matters. I'm with you. I'm with you. Agree. It's... it's, I like talking about the wider points of, of the game and the international stuff's still fun, but the Premiership to me just seems a little bit sort of what kind we're of, doing. I kind and of it, get the impression some of the teams are thinking like that as well. But they are. That I made this point weeks ago when the whole Saracens debacle was, was announced and the relegation was confirmed that it's so much now after the Lord Mayor show. We know that Exeter are going to be in a semi-final. We know that. Yeah. We also know the likelihood is that Sale are probably going to be there and maybe Bristol. And then there's a load of people fighting out. Or you can just say it's extra and Sale and there's going to be eight more teams that are going to be fighting out for two places. Yeah. Which which kind of should make it interesting. It doesn't help. No, because what I don't think is helping is that the, the teams that are below Exeter... It's not like they're all beating each other playing brilliant rugby. It's like a lot of the teams are playing poorly and losing to other teams. They're not, you know, they're, they're, there's not a great deal of you're not looking at the Premiership and going, well, none of this matters, but at least the teams are good. Yeah, you're looking at it going, well, none of this matters, and I haven't got a clue who's good. Are any of them good? But uh, whoever wins it, they're going to have a star next to their name anyway. Because it'll yeah. be the year the year that Saracens had three thousand points deducted. Yeah, and you the fear is that the next three seasons are going to be like that. Yeah. Although the amount of players that are being rumoured to leave Saracens, it's going to be a long way. I don't I don't think it's going to be as simple as obviously they'll win the championship, but I don't think it's going to be as simple as then coming back up and just walking the title. No, because they they would have to completely restructure their whole. Set up, won't they? Because if yeah. all these players are leaving, they can't just go out and blanket spend on the world's best players. It just that's the whole reason for the salary cap. So when Saracens come back up, yes, they'll be competitive, but they're not going to be anywhere near the team they are now when they've got all their players available. It's just not going to happen. So, um, quite aptly, we've segued into Saracens there somehow. Um, you were at the gardens on Saturday, Doug. Yeah. Northampton, two weeks in a row, getting a little bit of a pump in. No, no, sorry, uh, that's did, a bit hard. They didn't get they a didn't pump, pump in on Saturday. They didn't get a pump in on Saturday. They started well. Um, and started looking at the well. score, they started well and, and faded away. Um, they started well. They started well. They did. Um, and at one point, I think seven minutes had gone. Saints twelve nil up, and I was thinking we're going to hang, 
finally we're going to hang a load of points on Saracens. And I'm going to, you know, and we, we would have done we would have done the double over them had we won. But then Bigger got hurt. And the game went for a period where for about 20 minutes, it was just one long injury break after another long injury break. And the game really didn't have any structure to it. And Saracens crept back in, scored just before half time. And you th- you, the, the sort of writing was on the wall from there, really. Um, Those two yellows at the start of the second half didn't they, help. Say, they, did they didn't help. No. And, I don't need to do my yellow card rant again, but it's laughable, some of them. There's now that you've now got referees that walk 40 yards across a pitch to look at a giant telly to, and make arbitrary decisions about whether somebody has moved their arm in a natural way or not when it's moving at one frame per minute, you know. <clears throat> I wish we could just get to the point where the game happens Unless somebody has tried to decapitate another human being, we don't look at the video. Video should only be used for tries and punch-ups. shouldn't be used to, to determine sim binnings for in Saints', in Saints um, case, what looked to me like the guy was going for a tackle. Now, they may well be coached to tackle if they're going into a tackle as a guy's passing to, to extend the arm in order to sort of block the passing lane or whatever, but that's not a yellow card. It's not a sure, deliberate surely, knock on. Surely the action is to tackle a bloke. Speed. Because they only ever watch that tackle. Yeah. It, and in, and who, are these, who are these people to peer inside the mind of a player and say, oh yeah, that's not a natural motion. He he's not meaning to do that. Unless you know? someone is is forcibly batting a ball down like you can see yeah. them batting it as opposed to trying to wrap in a tackle that it makes sense but we're, we're getting some... back we're getting back to the point we had a couple of well a couple of seasons ago when all the all the high tackle laws came in where you can't go a game without two or three yellow cards now and you're just waiting every every sort of prolonged period of play if you go more than 10 phases there's going to be a penalty for something offside or and that's completely arbitrary. It like the game is becoming increasingly difficult to watch. Um, what do you what do you think of Devoto's yellow card? Have you seen Devoto's yellow card? I haven't. I, I haven't okay. seen the Exeter game. So second second man coming in on a tackle. Um, I, they were talking about it being a red card if it wasn't for the fact that the player was dropping slightly. Now the player's head had dropped about eighteen inches to two feet. I, I, what's a swinging arm in a tackle? You try tackling somebody without swinging your arm. Yeah. It's impossible. You put your hey. arms out in the tackle position before they get there, they're not going to run into your arms. So everything is a swinging arm. Now, fair enough, it's a penalty because it caught them high. But there was a high tackle given at Northampton. A... There was a high tackle given at Northampton, and the, TO, the TMO said he's only the guy that was tackled. He's only about six inches off the floor, and they gave a high tackle penalty. <laughs> well, and and actually, it's one of the things that Wayne Barnes was talking about as well. Is we have this law that that says that you can't tackle somebody in the air. We have these laws that say that you can't tackle somebody above a certain point in their body, and yet, how are you supposed to stop people who are diving for the line or yeah. like six inches off the ground trying well, to push over the line? You I, have I, to. You have to be seen... able to. 
we've seen at least two or three, and I can't remember the exact instances off the top of my head, where people have been given penalty tries and potentially yellow and yellow cards for that very offence, where somebody is going like a foot off the ground and they've tried to tackle and tried to and and they've inadvertently or they've somehow they've they've almost dived or dove dived with their Either. head Even. forward they've given given that given that um they've dived trying to go over the trial someone's trying to hold them up and they've dived into someone's forearm or into their arm all of a sudden oh no penalty try uh, and i'm sure that's happened i'm yeah. almost convinced it has so it's it's utter bullshit isn't it which yeah, is yeah. annoying let's again let's... again but um to 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 round off the saints game saracens did very well saints really struggled without bigger um there were roughly 413 um head injury assessments and saints can't seem to 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 get over the line they should have won the game comfortably and and conspired to balls it up i'm i'm not really sure how and i think we had numerous occasions where the last pass didn't go to hand or it went into touch. We had occasion we had a dropped a drop ball over the try line. It was all sorts going on. It, you know, I'm, I there were a couple of people walking after the game down down the steps, of the stand, and I was chatting to them. And it, you know, I, as a Saints fan, I feel like a bit of a we are the Spurs of, oh. of rugby. Yeah. That must feel horrific as a Spurs yeah. fan. It is you know, the most sinking feeling. You know, you've got a team that can win, but somehow you just can't. And you, no matter what happens, you could be 10 points up with five minutes left, but you never think, oh, well, we've won. You, you're just waiting for the cock up. It's just, yeah. I, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Um, but, but, that we're missing real key players and, and bigger makes such a difference. The worry is that without him, we're a bit directionless and a little bit Harry Mallander's decent, but he's, he's no real, he's not a real 10. Um, and Grayson wasn't playing. Um, I blood, I absolutely love Dingwall though. He's, he's a fantastic rugby player. He's really direct, isn't he? Yeah. I like, that's what I like about his his absolute directness, which I think um, is what's got him into the, the England squads is the fact that he is so straight. Him and Hutchinson together are mm-hmm. they're going to be fantastic for for a few years to come, I'd imagine for for Northampton. Um, the the other thing is Reinach has just dropped off a bit. He's not not the not the same do player, you, and and Saracens think... had obviously worked on that timing off of that. <clears throat> off the top line out uh, interception between Reinach's pass and, and 10. I've seen that move from Saints a lot. A lot. They, um, they do tend, when it goes to Wood, he does tend to flick it down to Reinach straight off to 10. And they've obviously done their homework and, and, and rumbled us for that and scored a try that won the game ultimately. Yeah. Do you think there's an element of um, the Reinach you know, I'm off at the end of the season. Uh, it's no, a shame I, I, I think he just, know. he had six months where he was playing probably the best rugby in the premiership. And it's hard to maintain that level. 
And also so, teams do like you just said then Saracens they got into that they 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 shut down that channel that he that he likes so much. And you know, teams do learn. You can't you can't do and what Reinach has been doing for a long time or for a decent amount of time is preying on almost the open and expansiveness of other teams as well. A lot of yeah. those interception <clears throat> tries. So if teams aren't doing that as much, then it's not giving him the opportunity to do what it was that made him so dangerous. Uh, well, I, and another thing, I, I think that without bigger next to him, teams are keying on him as being the focal point of attack. So, so the, he's um, not getting the space around the rucks and he's not getting... The the Ben Earl try, I thought, was an interesting one. Um, he he at... actually scored a try like that last season. Yeah. Um, but if, if you look at it from a technical perspective, and... It... <laughs> That's the only try I can remember like that last season was Rhinox uh, in recent times. If you look at it from a technical perspective, off the top ball from a full line out from a front ball with a pass out to the 10 is always going to be at risk of an intercept if you have a flanker at the back who's running that interception line. Because as soon as that leaves the second row's hands, he can start bolting for that for that line. And the reason quick. He is. But the reason you don't see it that often is a lot of teams aren't, aren't open to it. And what happens is that man at the back is targeting 10 and they're running at 10, trying to get 10 with a, a man and ball or, or equivalent, which is why what you quite often see with off the top balls towards the front of a liner is they go straight to a hard runner. So they go off the top and then they go first man out to a Manu to a Lange. Um, but yeah, and off the top from the front is always a risk, always going to be a risky ball. That's not Rhino's fault that happened. That's a bad call. Well, I think it. I think it's a, a coach. Phil, just steady. A, a, a coaching fault because that had obviously been looked at and pinpointed. Because Earl was running that intercept line every time. Would to I, unless I'm remembering it wrong. I'd like to go back and probably have a look, but I won't. That um, that was it actual seemed, analysis. Yeah, like actual proper. Well, I think like, the last uh, five minutes were, mate. Should we should we get on to some bullshit? Yeah, let's. Um, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's move it's on. ten to nine. Come on. Um, <laughs> you were it. Uh, let's talk a little bit of London Irish and Wasps. Mm. Pretty open game. We thought it was going to be open. Uh, yeah. Any any standouts? Um, Paolo Adogu played played nicely. Um, which was he's surprising. not had a lot of he's not had a lot of uh option for Wasps, no. has he? No, well, this is actually the first time I've seen Wasps this year. I've 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 watched a lot of Worcester and I've watched a lot of Saracens and I've watched a lot of Saints and Bristol as well, to be fair. But first time I've seen Wasps and I didn't think they looked too bad. Um, they at one point were playing Lee Masopoano at twelve and um, uh, the other Kiwi guy, Fekitoa. Uh, Fekitoa. So they had a Fekitoa Sopoanga. Um, twelve thirteen, and at one point, no. So it would have been Gopeth Fekitoa twelve thirteen, and then it was Sopoanga at fifteen, Jacob Manga at ten, Dan Robson nine, um, and then they had Josh Bassett and Adogu on the wings. And as a backline, I think that stands up. That stands up to anyone in the Premiership, really. They had Marcus Watson as well. Um. For a time, whose hair is ridiculous, ludicrous. But um, that really does he look like really, ludicrous? 
actually does. Yeah, circa '94. It's actually a very a very good backline with quite a lot of creativity and 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 dynamism, and I thought they looked really good, and they and they've got a decent pack as well. Um, they had a French guy that they picked up from university rugby who looked really good. He was carried well and was good in the lineout. Um, I'm not so sure Di Young was the issue there. I just don't think. I think they were just not playing great and they've kicked into form just at the time that Dai Young's yeah. gone. It's, it's an odd one. unfortunate, really, yeah. Whether they've well, taken unfor- the handbrake off, whoever's, yeah. but uh, who knows? It's it's a tough one. Again, yeah. we, Listen, we're, we're not interested to judge. Jack, Jack Willis is incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I'm, he The only person I've seen like him over the ball recently that sort of stood out was when Mauro Otojo first started playing for Saracens. And he used to do this thing where he'd pick his arms up to show that he'd released the tackle and then just dive back on the ball. And you knew, well, that's a turnover. No one's moving him. Jack Willis gets himself into positions that you just think he can't possibly stay in that position. And then the referee blows the whistle and everyone rolls away and Jack Willis is holding the ball. He hasn't just ripped it he hasn't just held the player with the ball he's taken the ball off him but can't recycle it yeah and you but know. you know what mate but players don't want turnovers players <laughs> oh, just want to buy penalties jesus christ yeah i, okay. I didn't i don't want to get in, <laughs> i really don't want to get into that conversation that we had why are people so fucking stupid Russ? was it on was it on friday oh, i think I, it was it, friday, it was just that, oh what an absolute weapon so uh, yeah I'm sorry we... if um, if anyone's listening with their kids and th- this pod, you know, you might be traveling to school listening to it. And, I'm, you know, we have got considerably more sweary or pro- pro- I've got considerably more sweary, but people make me sweary. So I apologize. Um, uh, don't apologize. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the Jackal for about 40 seconds? Go on. There's nothing wrong with the Jackal. There's never been anything wrong with the Jackal. It's perfectly legal. First man in, over the ball, hands on the ball. The issue is people flying off their feet. Um, so people coming out saying we need to stop players jackling. Ben Ryan and the like coming out saying we need to stop players jackling to clear up the breakdown. We don't. We need to stop people flying off their feet, coming in from all kinds of angles. Yeah, we need referee... to sort out the clear out, not the Jackal. Exactly. The Jackal's referee... not the problem. Referee that side of it is absolutely fine. Oh, but what's the solution to a jackal? The solution to a jackal is to support your teammate and get there first. If you get there first, they can't jackal because a ruck's formed. It's that simple. The only reason a jackal can get over and get their hands on the ball is because there's no support. Yeah, and if, the fact they clear it, out. The easy, way, the easy way to sort it out would be to say that if you enter a ruck and you do not leave that ruck on, and you do not finish your entry process on your feet, it's a penalty. It's a penalty, yeah. People yeah, are too, people you have are to too go intent. in, make contact, and keep on your feet, whether you're jackling or clearing out. People but are it... too intent. Sorry, mate. People are too intent uh... in clearing out the jackler and trying to smash them as far back as is humanly possible than actually entering a ruck properly and just trying to secure the ball. Yeah, the the whole a, point. A, a, lot, to... a lot of the but time, it... people enter a ruck and try and smash someone that's over the ball, even if they're not trying to jackal. They yes. just want to enter so, the ruck and smash someone. So that and it's on tape that they're doing that. 
And that's what James Ryan did a couple of times for, against England. And that's what kind of stimulated this new round of conversations. But, Christ, we've all played rugby 20, 30 years ago um, and have always been taught that actually your teammate runs with the ball. You've got to be there and support him. Because if you're not the first person there, you've lost that ball. So why is it all of a sudden changed that you can be the second person there and expect to win the ball? Just the refs just need to ref the laws. That's because the of times you see in, a, in, a, in every game where the tackle's made, then a jack comes over, has hands on the ball, the referee lets it go, two or three players try and clear him out, and then the player's told to release. Yeah. And the ball gets recycled. But the guy that was tackled hasn't ever let go of the ball and then you see him place it back yeah which is the which is the problem because when he's on the floor he has to release the ball and then if the jackler was it wouldn't be a jackal because the ball would be released and he could pick it up and he could move off and therefore he wouldn't get injured and it wouldn't be in an unnatural position i think what what they need to do is go and look at some old school rugby find out and look at how the players recycled the ball and then Ignore all the bit where everyone stamps on everyone and just go, look, that's originally what you were meant to do with the ball. You hit the ground, you let it go. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. The first defence is holding on because yeah. otherwise Jacklow's over the ball, hands on the ball. If, if you're not holding on, the ball's on the other side of the ruck and you carry on playing. But then that takes me back to my original flippant comment, which is around that players aren't entering, players aren't trying to jack or to turn the ball over. They're doing it to win a penalty so they can yeah. boot it 20, 50 yards downfield. Because the most successful teams, all they <laughs> want to do is win penalties and kick it into the corner. That's yeah. what the most successful teams do. Mm. You do me a fucking favour. And I'm going to name them now. Line break rugby, you probably don't listen to this because you had us muted or whatever, but you were talking utter shit last week <laughs> utter shit and i'm naming you because it really wound me up to the point where i had to switch off of the wallover account and go onto my person on my personal twitter just to make my feelings quite clear because he just wanted an argument and then had the goal the goal to turn around and say oh well you know i didn't invite the whole wallover crew here for an argument you you're the ones that just um looked for a bad faith fight and I'm like, it's not, not about being bad faith we disagreed about, with what you were to it's say. It's about calling out your shit opinion, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, and and actually, we didn't have an argument at all. What we did was gave some uh, basis and actual proper opinion and reasoning behind what we were trying to say, not just picking a fight with someone to say you've got a shit opinion. If I were to tell you you've got a shit opinion, I'd just tell you. But I'd rather right. do it in a way. Yeah, oh, <laughs> but, but but we we've been accused before of of basically going off our off our feet, um, without any basis. Well, that that's it's not about that. It's about actually having a different opinion, and then somebody being all passive when they get called out for somebody that disagrees with them. Anyway, so it's about somebody um, trying to get cheap likes because they're doing the woke version of rugby yeah trying to be ben ben ryan's sidekick he's not good give it up line break rugby you're never gonna meet i'd also one thing i would say about the ben ryan situation is that he's crusading for this jackal thing but go and watch some of his fiji seven sides 
weren't telling the them jackal. not to jackal, was he? It's all about the jackal. But yeah. um yeah, thank God we don't want people to like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fine. Uh, Mate, it's I've fine. Gone Forty years, it's done me no problem. Let, let's. I mean, I never let's... get invited anywhere, but. Let's let's move on. Um, last Premiership game, we've we've managed to do forty five minutes on a very quick Premiership review. Um, Bristol Bath, Bristol played very well on Sunday against a really toothless looking Bath. It's a very strange situation for them who who've won four out of the last five games. I think not by much. They 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 scrape games here and there, but their point their Bath's point of attack is literally just running at people. They don't run at gaps. They don't seem to want to shift the ball. It is all very, oh, it's all very Stuart Hooper with the best of respect. Um, but they're they kind of doing okay. And when they get the likes of Thokanasiga and Watson and Joseph back with Reese Webb directing things, um, what they lack, and I know Frank Rigdon has, has mentioned this, they lack a decent ten. I'm not I'm not having Priestland or Burns. Burns so, but yeah. I know, yeah, Burns is off in the summer. But even now, that what they lack is is a is a ten to move them around the park properly. And um, I say McConaughey, Watson, Joseph, you know, Matavesi, you know, they've got all of all of the tools there to be to be really successful. And they've got a pack that can recycle the ball for them. But there's been a lot said about the wreck and the pitch and. You know, I don't. While I, whilst I don't think it helps, it didn't seem to cause Bristol any problems at the weekend, did it? Piatal running for fun. I thought Sheedy was excellent, creative, and and Bristol were just they were the better all round rugby team. And while we're talking, and I just before we, we say anything there, I've seen people and, and different bits and pieces about the plastic pitches and people with grazes on their knees and all this sort of stuff in the plastic pitches. If you, I bet if you asked any premiership player, whether they'd rather any premiership forward, whether they'd rather play at the wreck or at the Allianz on the, on the plastic pitches, they'd probably say the wreck. And if you asked any back, they'd probably say, I'd rather play at the Allianz rather than a wreck. It's a pitch. Get on with it. Pitches don't matter. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not football. Rugby You're is a game. Tiki Taka. Rugby is a game played with the ball in the air, so the pitches don't matter. Um, but we, we spoke quite a long time about Bath, about six weeks ago or so, and about how actually what Stuart Hooper needs is time and the right people around him to learn from. And he's just been dumped in a job that's beyond his experience. Um, but he'll get there, and there's some real positives there for Bath. And Bristol were looking fantastic and um, are probably high on the hit list for the salary cap investigators. <laughs> they they look very very good they do and i can only see them getting stronger as as we go towards the end of the season i know doug you've I, I, seen I, them a lot yeah i would say about bristol that where they get around the salary cap is that they've got a 10 that costs costs them tuppence that's not euphemism for vagina no <laughs> like it probably gets plenty um <laughs> They've they've got a they've got um, a couple of props that probably don't cost much, and they've they've got a lot of players who are retread. So I don't think. And then they've got really really high end players in impact positions. So it just so happens that they've they've kind of stumbled on the the classic NFL way of 
winning Super Bowls, which is to get your quarterback as a rookie while he's cheap, and they've got Callum Sheedy while he's cheap. Yeah. And as soon as Wales realised that they want him, he'll be off. You know, rather than rather than having a jolly nice time at Cribs Causeway, he'll be um, over the know, bridge, committing committing assault in um, Neath. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, talking talking Lefley, just very briefly. Did you see the old school? proper punches thrown by the um scarlet's lock and there was a proper it wasn't humbugs it was pretty well, proper that been all over twitter it, it was it has been search oh, it out search it out it now anyway it was it was just good it was good fun you got a red card great you'll probably get a few week ban even no, better, i think but... i th- i think if you know you've done something you know when those players do those really horrific high tackles that you're just like well that's clearly a red and everyone just knows this. Just go down people. swinging, man. Just, just absolutely wailing on people. <laughs> go and have a look. Go and have a look for it. It's uh, it's decent, right? Let's let's get away from the Premiership because you know this. Like I said, this quick little roundup has has gone on for ages. Let's talk about the Six Nations and what is turning into a bit of a debacle with the uh, Ireland versus Italy match being postponed. It. It happened before, Phil, didn't it? With the foot and mouth. Yeah, 2001. Um, and England played Ireland, I want to say October time. Wasn't it was, that, jo- it was Johnson, well, was that when Johnson led them to the other side of the pitch and wound up O'Driscoll's, was I it that it, game? Uh, I think it was, I think that was 2002. I can't remember. But um, England were dead set for a Grand Slam had, had absolutely pasted everybody in the springtime and then got to the autumn and got turned over by a, a, a decent Irish performance. Um, I don't know. It's it, it would be a real shame if games don't happen, particularly looking at it from a French perspective, because I think France have got a real opportunity to walk away with decent with a, with a Grand Slam and their heads held high. And if... It all gets delayed because Ireland need to play Italy later. It's, it becomes, becomes a bit, a bit of an anti-class, and it also. Yeah, what, and what, let's let's be honest, right? So this has happened because of coronavirus, and I've spent a lot of time in the car today listening to Radio Five and everybody talking about it. There's been ninety-two thousand cases across the world, which is a, how many, a reason, how, It's a reasonable amount, but how many billions of enough. people are there? It, there's eight billion people. There's been 92,000 cases. There's been 80,000 cases in uh, in China. There's been another 10,000 spread across South Korea, Italy, and Iran. And there's been another 2,000 across everywhere else in the world. Nobody under the age of 10 has caught it. The only people who have died are those that have got concurrent illness or, or are old and infirm. Um, and the mortality rate is is a bit higher, but but within the realms of kind of what flu is so it's like a bad flu outbreak can you imagine if there was a bad flu outbreak and all of a sudden rugby matches were being cancelled i i kind of think everybody's getting the knickers a bit in the twist about it and apparently you should be you should be washing your hands in hot water for 20 seconds 10 times a day really like i i love the fact i love the fact that people are now just saying we all need to wash our hands yeah beggars belief isn't it yeah exactly but like, I just think, I just think it's, like it's, it's selling out of soap. What were you exactly. using before? <laughs> yeah, I just think like 
it's a it's an, it's an overreaction from i kind of get the theory they were talking about it today that if we can delay the peak in coronavirus hitting us until after all the winter illnesses are sorted the nhs can cope with it a bit better but we're expecting it to come here and we won't be able to stop it i i look at it and go actually you know what ireland if you're that worried about coronavirus coming to ireland go and play the game on the isle of man or something yeah, like, it doesn't make postpone, any sense to me. Don't postpone it. Just play the game. Just or play it in a closed stadium somewhere. Be- because because there's been a large number of cases, and and you can de- determine large. It's two and a half thousand relatives. cases in Italy, and and those and that's in northern Italy where they people have been sort of separated in quarantine <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, yeah, but yet there's some now some cases. There's cases dotted around most well, that, of you know most of the Western world. But now the fifth, it, the fifth most affected country is a cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great that's, context. That's like... I um I think what we are all missing the lead on is that Mako Vunapola has played this perfectly. Yep, as long He's as he gets gone into paid. camp. Does a fun camp, so he gets his money, and then he's gone. Do you know what, lads? I'm going to self-contain. Absolute lad. He's just sitting in his house now, chugging beers. I'm going to self-contain after I've spent a few days with all of you boys. (laughs) Yeah, my head literally, with your head literally in my ass. (laughs) It is absolute. It's clown shoes, and the whole thing is people just absolutely shitting themselves over. The worry is, the worry is that I, I know a lot of guys. Well, for, I say a worry. It's a worry for me and my job in that quite a few lads I know quite a lot of work cancelled. Yeah. So I I could potentially, if Premiership Rugby decide right, we're not we're not going to play these games until the virus is contained. Then I'm going to lose a shitload of work, and over what? Boris Johnson has literally been on telly today saying, "Yeah, you'll get a cold." Yeah, yeah, and but, basically, that's, that's, that, but that's kind of basically it, isn't it? Just say so, no yeah. old or sick people allowed here. You're over fifty. You can't come and watch this match. Yeah. As, as a massive aside, there were twenty people, twenty Japanese people that were turfed out of the RB Leipzig Stadium in Germany for fear that they may have bought coronavirus with them. Just so they were Japanese. Such a so, yeah. So now we've become racist about <laughs> they, the whole but thing. But well. they were asked to leave. They were asked to leave the stadium in Germany. It was a group of 20, 20 odd Japanese people. And they were asked to leave the Leipzig Stadium because they assumed that they were Chinese and they were all had coronavirus. Mental. Um, <laughs> Which one are you again? <laughs> That's literally what they've been asked, isn't it? <laughs> are you the corona people? Um, Right, it's let... got to be a coincidence that Corona is on sale in Tesco's, right? So I think it's some decent levels of marketing by the yeah, supermarkets. Yeah. So Corona, coronavirus is um, it's it's a group of viruses that have been around for ages, um, and it just so happens that this virus is a coronavirus. Um, but shares of Corona have gone down. Amazing, isn't it? Something like thirty-seven percent of Americans thought it was actually due to. Corona the beer. They're, they're, you would have thought they'd be selling out of the stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Just uh, I mean, going, can we just uh, moving on? I'm I'm just watching a program on BBC that's currently on Fishtral Beach, and it looks like the Surf Lifesavers are on it. Yes, mate. Fishtral shit. Just trying to look out for a small <laughs> el- uh, elkins. Yeah, you won't not not at Fishtral. You won't see not that club, mate. 
it, oh, is it there's not? surf lifesaving wars, mate. Don't even oh, don't even it? go there. Surf lifesaving wars. Yeah. <clears throat> clicky, wow. clicky as fuck, mate. I Erin didn't want to go anymore. Clicky. Oh, as I can fuck. see your car, golf club car parking space, though, Russ. Can you? Does it say <laughs> future captain on it? Yeah. <laughs> um, let, let's move on. Anyway, right, Six Nations. So England play Wales this week. Eddie Jones has trimmed his squad down to 27 players. The most notable uh, inclusions uh, being Mark Wilson and Anthony Watson uh, in the 27, which I guess will be dropped to 23. Well, not a guess. It's what happens, isn't it? Be dropped to 23 <laughs> um, before the weekend. Uh, can you see either of those playing a part at the weekend against Wales? Mark Wilson, I can, yeah. He's played so one he premiership. Should... He's played one premiership game he's since the Jones, World Cup. and he's one of Eddie's boys, isn't he? Very yeah, but odd. that but that means Eddie changing changing his his thing. Unless he plays Curry at eight and Wilson on the flank, which would just be um, peak Eddie Jones, um, and. I think he's just going to keep flogging Curry at eight. He's made that decision. He's going to leave him there for the whole Six Nations. And why would you bring Wilson in on the flank if you've got Curry there? It's I don't know. It's, uh, God knows what goes on inside Eddie Jones's head. There's no point us even work trying Start, to guess. Well, he picked Jack Maunder for the wider squad. I tell yeah. you what doesn't go on in his head: rugby. Mm. <laughs> I reckon he just puts all the names in a tombola. All his mates go in first, and he just randomly has, you know, like do you remember at the beginning of the football season, sort of ten, fifth, well, probably longer than that, for twenty five years ago, you used to get those paper league table things of all yes. the team yes. names on. I used to play cup cup games with them, a roll of dice for the score. That's by the by, I live a long way away from anywhere. Um, <laughs> that's essentially what Eddie does. He's and got you all the. He's got all the players on a piece of paper and he puts them into a tumbola and uh, the ones that fall out are the ones that get a call-up. Like it. Like it a lot. Um, while we're talking about the Six Nations, obviously France are, are doing all right. They're off to Scotland at the weekend. Nobody cares about coronavirus up there. They're all drinking iron brew and whiskey and they'll just kill it off and they'll probably fight it if it so, arrived in Scotland anyway. So the deep-fried heroin will keep them fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that. Crack. Um, they prefer but, spice now, don't they? Yeah, it's cheaper apparently. Um, let's talk a little bit because I know this is a subject that you two are going to have differing opinions <laughs> on, um, and I'm going to kind of sit in the middle and listen to both your arguments on this, um, which is around the Six Nations paywall debate. Rugby seems to be well. A lot of rugby fans, probably because they don't want to pay for it, more than likely, are putting together petitions and rounding on Sky and the RFU and anybody that will listen to stop the Six Nations becoming a uh, Sky-only paywall event. I found the irony of uh, Brian Moore article, Doug, you pointed out, that explains why rugby shouldn't be behind a paywall on a Telegraph article that I couldn't fully read because it was behind a paywall. Um, uh, quite Brian, Brian Moore, BBC employee, who yes. would lose his work if uh, the six and nations he, were And he's the only. He's the only. Well, he, the only rugby he works on is the the Six Nations, isn't it? Surely yeah. every year. 
doesn't well, do any yeah, other. He writes about it, doesn't he, for the papers? But yeah, but he, I, I can pretty much guarantee he's got Sky and probably media <laughs> access to where he wants to go. Um, England rugby autumn internationals, home internationals have been on Sky for quite a while. It was only a matter of time before before as, this as happened, have, isn't it? As have tours. Mm-hmm. The England tours have been on Sky. So, like a lot of the arguments are nonsense. So, a lot of the arguments are, oh, well, the kickoff times would be crazy. It's like, why? That's, why would they be? That's not an argument. That's not an argument. I, I, a I lot of it is rhetoric, is anti Sky rhetoric based on the fact that it's Rupert Murdoch. And nobody has a. I, I'm sure I, I am absolutely 100% certain that if it were to go to BT, there would be nowhere near the same level of outcry. If it were to go to Amazon, there wouldn't be. It's the fact that it's Sky and there's... Okay. So it's not guaranteed it's going to Sky. It's still going through a tender process and it'll yeah. be whoever... whoever and look, full, full disclosure, but, I work me, for Sky, but I also work I also work on the Six Nations as, as yeah, it currently but, stands. So I haven't got a vested interest in it going to any party. But, so there's two sides to the argument. One is... It goes to the highest bidder and that brings the most money into the sport and the most money into the sport should filter down and affect everybody lower down the sport. I say should, because if you look at other sports where there's more money going into it, that's not necessarily the case. Um, So I don't necessarily subscribe to the more money that goes into it, the more gets reinvested into the sport. I suspect the more money goes into it, the more lines the pockets of the people at the top and the less actually filters down. I kind of... I would agree with that if the people that were going to be receiving the money were independent club owners, but they're not. They're national bodies, and that nobody is a direct shareholder in the RFU. The RFU has stakeholders, and those stakeholders are clubs. There aren't people within the RFU or the WRU that can just cream money off of that because that's not how it works. Well, they can... If it were money that was going to the Premiership, the owners could just say, "Well, we don't need to reinvest that. We'll just keep it." Yeah. And and that and that would be the example of where the money doesn't necessarily filter through would be Premiership TV money. So the argument to me isn't about whether it's Sky or BT Sport or Amazon or Netflix or whoever. And the reality is the argument isn't about me because if I wanted to and I saw the justification in it, I could pay the money to get Sky so that I could watch rugby or BT Sport or whatever. Um, I can afford that. I can afford that and I can make that decision. The point is there are proportions of the population for where that, that money, that decision to pay that money to watch that sport would be balanced against other things. And what would end up happening is there would be a proportion of the population that would end up not having access to any rugby. And that's going to affect the number of people coming through clubs wanting to play rugby I couldn't, if you couldn't disagree with that statement I, any more strongly. I, and, I, and i knew you were going to say that but ultimately why did i why did i start playing rugby i started playing rugby because my dad took me down um and that's that's the way most people are when they start playing rugby when they're four five six seven eight something like that but the players that join at a later stage the reason they start playing rugby well, part of the reason they see rugby as being accessible, particularly if they're not going to public school backgrounds, is because they have some exposure to it. They are going to end up having absolutely zero exposure to it. Now, 
Am I saying that the only way to achieve that exposure is by having Six Nations on terrestrial TV? No. The one thing that I spent more time watching as a kid rugby-wise wasn't Six Nations. It was the highlight show with John Inverdell that was on at about half three on a Sunday afternoon. And Which to me, still happen on terrestrial. But that it doesn't. Just, no, it, no, because it doesn't happen at the moment. It's at nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night and the kids aren't watching it. Right. It, it's and, physically impossible. Well, it's not physically impossible, but it costs a lot of money to put together match of the day, for example. Oh, yeah. I don't Premiership get, highlights happen on a Monday night. Yeah, but, at, at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or something. But, mate, you, but, you can... Every single household in the country has access to some kind of on-demand service. You they can do. record that and watch it whenever you want. It's a, it's a, do, a lazy excuse to say that. No, no, I, I disagree. Why do so many people watch Match of the Day? They watch it because it's current. Match of the Day's on at 10 o'clock at night. Yes. And it's not current yeah. because it's the only place that has access to all... But it's as, the rights for the Premiership highlights. But it's as current as you're going to get now. If match yeah, of the day as is the Premiership starts, highlights. If match of the day all of a sudden starts getting shown on a Monday night, then all of a sudden I think you'd find viewing but, figures but go through. Is that, that? But that's just so. That's just mate. That that's just like almost institutionalism. That match of the day is, is on it, at half past ten on let me, Saturday let me, night. So, so but my point, my in, point, Phil, my Phil, point is I'll that respond. for for young people, they at the moment they don't have access to significant amounts of rugby to watch. I, but they do. They absolutely do. If you want your kids to watch rugby, you can you can help them watch rugby. It's lazy to say that you can't. The reason you watched the Six Nations when you were a kid was because Sky didn't exist, and so it had to. No, but it had to be on terrestrial telly. There I'm wasn't not, no, an alternative. Sky, Sky did exist when I was a kid. Phil, when you first started watching rugby, how old are you now? 38. 38. So when you were eight years old, 30 years ago, the yeah. only option available to you to watch the Six Nations was terrestrial telly. Yeah. Right. But for, so of but course for... you were going to have watched it. And of course, everyone who's complaining about it going behind the paywall probably had the same experience yeah yeah and people may you know but, there were, when the, the big match was on or whatever it was you used to get the odd football match on terrestrial television the point being that the six nations is an event that happens over six weeks on a 52 week year i i'm st- i don't care where it appears if i want to watch the rugby all, i'll watch the rugby whether that's also, the sky we're or... also talking about you you want to develop the game if you want to develop the game you've got to get it to the widest possible audience if sky have got the contract then that or or another one another one of these um another one of these um satellite broadcasters a, has a contraction service yeah the products will improve because they can spend more on it and they can dedicate people to it and then they can resell it and it goes around the world and it's more watchable. Do you know what BBC and ITV are paying for Six Nations at the moment? 50 million a year, I think, something like that. It, it, the, the, fact, the facts are that rugby as an entity, is completely insolvent. It doesn't make any money. The only thing that makes money is the Six Nations. So that needs to capitalise on it and make it as, as much money as possible. Now, JB had a really good point 
on the egg chasers by saying the Six Nations and the international rugby rights are coming up first. And so if Sky are going to spend this much on it, there's less money in the pot, maybe, for other people. To, less money in the pot for Sky to spend on premiership. So premiership will probably remain either BT or free-to-air. So there is a larger larger picture. And now unless Sky decide that they want to buy the premiership as well, in which case all of your domestic rugby and all of your international rugby will be in one place. But there's no way the premiership are going to allow Sky to have completely exclusive rights. They're going to have to show, and they can even build into the contract, you've got to provide free-to-air highlights or free-to-air match reruns. So free. To, not a lot so of people know. So that, six nations free to free to air highlights is on the crown jewels list. So it has to has so to be on terrestrial TV. So it's going to be on terrestrial TV. A lot of As people highlights. don't know. A lot of people don't know that if you wanted to, you can watch all twenty two of your Premiership rugby's rugby teams matches the day after on YouTube. All eighty minutes. Every game is available. Full match highlight. A full match replay. And that's free. That's free. free. Through whom? Through, through Premiership people? Rugby website and through YouTube. If you really want to, you can watch every single match in the Premiership every year free. It just seems to me, uh, just to, to kind of get a little wrap around all of this, is that it's another, it's a thing that people don't like because it's change. You mentioned at the start, Doug, about Rupert Murdoch, about Sky. Everybody about, moans about the BBC coverage. Yeah. No, oh, the the people that I've seen on several different um, rugby-based Facebook accounts have said, well, if it goes to Sky, we'll have to listen to more Stuart Barnes. Well, you have to listen to Brian Moore and Eddie Butler at the yeah. moment. You know, what's worse? Like you say, Stuart Sterling, Barnes. Stuart you know, Barnes is but, you know, but you know, you know that Sky will, if they're going to buy the They'll rights to Six Nations, the they will... Sink at it. Absolutely. And it, another thing I've seen thrown around is that, well, look what it's done to cricket. cricket. Look what it's done to darts, Formula One. Nobody was. I was at, in Dublin last week. There was 12,000 people in an arena to watch a darts tournament. Formula One has got more races on its calendar this year than ever before. The price of Lewis Hamilton's earning 40 odd million a year. That's doing fine. Look at cricket. They've literally added another tournament. Because the T20 isn't enough. People can't get enough of it. People that will then counter with, well, youth participation's down. Youth participation's down because a lot of kids that were playing sport are now streaming themselves playing FIFA. That's yeah. on parents. The world has changed. The that, world has not, changed. That, that's on parents. That's not on Sky. Yeah. The, the world has changed, mate. The accessibility, yeah. the kids today aren't the kids that we were when we grew up when we were outside from dawn till dusk playing with the ball all-star cricket you you look at all-star cricket you look at nfl play 60 all these things where things sports are behind a paywall there's certain obstructions it increases the funding and it allows other stuff to happen community coaches it's been getting rid of coaches all over the place 300 million pays for a lot of people to go and teach kids how to play touch so you say look at all-star cricket. I've never heard of all-star cricket. Literally never heard of it. Mate, if no you go to I've any test have match, no idea what you're talking about. If you go about. to any but test match or any T20 match, there are kids on the on the pitch in the interval with all-star yeah, cricket. My, Adam my, Foxcroft has spoken about all-star cricket on every long leg pod and every and at least once every six months on 
on uh, long summer. Like all-star cricket, but, if you've got kids, is is the way into the game. You're unlucky that you live in Cornwall, where there's no yeah, county cricket. My, there is, but there is all-stars cricket. And we've we actually turned it down at Perrin because we've got our own setup and it's been equally successful. And this time there is Dynamo's cricket, which is a lead off of All Stars, which is now nine to eleven year olds. So the, and the Dynamo's, dare I say, it is all very much tied in with the hundred. So they've got the All Stars cricket for the seven to nine year olds, and then the Dynamo's cricket, which is the nine to eleven year olds, to keep that pathway flowing into proper cricket so they create based on the t20 the 100 all these different things they are creating a better pathway exactly to make it accessible into proper cricket. by funding and no amount so, of cricket on bbc is going to stop people streaming themselves playing fifa yeah i i'm not sure i agree with that i'm not sure i agree with that sentiment that's the beauty and, of the and yes, world See, down... we can do that and not call each other twats and block each other true True. Um, so you take, Just you take cricket. You take cricket, for example. I'm not sure. So part of wanting to do something and to do something really well is often having somebody you can aspire to be, somebody you look at and you want to be like. Um, I'm not sure James, my ten year old son, could tell you any of the England cricket team from a picture. I'm not sure you'd know what they look like. Yeah, but where's I his bet exposure? Ninety percent of people in the country couldn't. Uh, yeah, because where's his exposure to cricket? But you, it's a but that's, but that's sport, like, but, mate. But there's only one. There's you... only one sport that isn't but minority in this country, and that's but football. It's, but it's a minority sport, and that's that, behind a paywall. That, ah, right, that I, I spend like, that, hours gonna... listening to. But let me. But that's you, right? So let you, me. Let well, me. Go you listen to it, this. mate. You can't see their faces when you're let, listening to it. No, I know, and that's my point. Is I'm not. I'm not paying to watch it. So, so he, he knows who they are because he listens to it. You saying James couldn't pick an England cricket out of a lineup. I'm yeah. telling you now that Erin, his one of his best friends, a ten-year-old girl, could pick several out of a lineup because I watch because I watch cricket with her and I take her to cricket. Because you watch cricket behind a paywall and you pay to do it. And my point oh, is, not, not everybody pay. Gonna... We'll, we'll use that word loosely. Yeah, yeah. My point is that not everybody's going to justify making that payment. You also, you also, if you want to, I don't know where you get the idea that the ITV and Channel Four and all that necessarily want to buy these rights well ITV buy Six Nations rights yeah mate that's sick they aren't they aren't going to pay the money that Sky are going to pay because no, that's not. that's the money that they pay and they haven't put a camera in the ground yeah so that they're, they're not going to match that they're no, just not because that's not. a lot. That's a lot of series of Love Island, which makes them a hell of a lot more money. And they don't get. You, you got. You, you're talking like these broadcasters give a shit about youth participation. They don't. They no, want they their don't. advertising money. And they want viewing figures. But ten percent of the country watch Scotland, Italy. Ten percent of the population watch Scotland, Italy on the BBC. I guarantee that's... you that if it goes to Sky, viewing figures will drop, but they won't drop significantly defined significantly they might go from 10 to 7 percent so but but also so but how many people right and i want i want to end it with just this thought is that how many people watched scotland italy not giving an actual fuck about it 
And How many people watched Scotland Italy and thought I must immediately find my local rugby club? <laughs> yeah, and just, and just, but that's but that's, that's, but no, that's no, no, the point. So, that's the only but, game that I have viewing figures for. Yeah, but, but <laughs> they watched Scotland Italy and they've just gone, oh, that was on in the background because it was on the telly. And like my granddad, for instance, right, who's been in a in a dementia care home for the last eighteen months, best part of two, well, probably more than that, two years or more. He would have had the sport on in his room on a on a Sunday on on the Saturday afternoon with Scotland Italy. Now he efficiency play. <laughs> he the fact that it was on in that room counts as a viewing figure, right? It's not a viewer. It, it's relative, isn't it? So I I disagree. If you want to watch it and you're going to and you want your kids to watch it or you want people to be exposed about it. If you want to watch it, you will watch it regardless of where it's broadcast and and i think that's the the main thing to take away from it right let's let's move on because we've done that to death uh any other business let's let's just get out of here before we uh before we all end up blocking each other um it's not gonna happen uh let's uh let's start with a lot of people i'm hoping this is going to be your any other business doug because a lot of people. I, want, I feel like duty bound now. A lot of people want to hear about your trip to Dublin last yeah, Wednesday. I, mean, I, I get that. I, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say in in the tweets. Um, just utterly like I don't get who it's for. The Queen, clearly, in the Queen's terminal, like when you've got Mate, five. The queen, the queen ain't sitting at one of the caviar shops, ch- ch- caviar shops, chowing down on, on smoked salmon and scrambled eggs, is she? True. She ain't doing that. She's sitting in the Queen's she's, lounge. She certainly ain't. She certainly ain't flying from Terminal Two either, is she? She's no. not going to Dublin or. Yeah. No, she's flying from Big and Hill. Um, <laughs> um, just a absolute grief hole i've never i've never experienced anything like it it's that you know people give stanton airport a bit of a bad rap at least you can get a burger king there you can sit down with a rodeo and think about what what how your terrible life choices have led you to this place but once you're in heathrow terminal 2 there's there's no coming out it's like you're stuck in it's like you're stuck in the mind of a love island contestant Do you understand what I'm getting at with that? I do. I do. You're a bloke who's on a 60 quid flight to Dublin, but you're wandering around this place like you've got millions of quid. So I, I'm on a 60, 60 quid flight to Dublin. Cater for your audience. I like... there, were, there were people There were the people in the Prada shop, because I just looked in, and I looked in the Prada shop, and there were staff in there that looked like they hadn't had human contact with anyone that didn't work for Prada in 10 years just there was a, I'm, I'm i swear it might have been a handbag and i might have been hallucinating but there was something on there was something on one of the shelves with a handprint on it that was made to look like a face <laughs> draw from that what you will oh. any any 500 square meter building that has more places to buy caviar than beef burgers is not all right yeah, I've done a few a few trips out of Terminal Two, which is where they fly Heathrow to Newquay. And uh, if you're going from Heathrow to Newquay, Russ, how many times do you think? Oh, I fancy a Prada bag. 
better go and get a Rolex quick because <laughs> there's not one on Fistral Beach. Yeah, it's it's true, and it, there's a lot of like Gatwick Gatwick Terminal, South Terminal, which is the a lot of internals. There's a Nando's and a Wagamama, and you can yeah, at least exactly. you give you know, the people what they want. If you fly in internal, and it's a lot of domestic and European flights out of Terminal Two, there isn't Just a lot of a grid of. Just let me have a crayfish sandwich. Oh, you fucking heathen! What? Crayfish sandwich. Oh. <laughs> Just sounds disgusting. You'd rather um, have the caviar, right? No, because it's from the if it's from the sea. It's not for me. There we go. <laughs> you, you don't like caviar because it's from a fish's I, ass. I don't like anything fish related. Literally, from fish fingers to caviar, I'm not eating it. You're just a complete riddle, aren't you? If it's from the sea, it's not for me. <laughs> just such a complex character oh. yeah it's upside down you don't like nice food <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go phil anything from you yeah so sometimes in life you come across matters that you think are really important and there's a there's a wide societal need for them to be discussed um because they're going to affect a lot of people and they're they're kind of key to to what life is really they're kind of these these kind of existential matters like that that generally everybody kind of can buy into like when you're talking about the holocaust or various other free trade <laughs> free trade and free movement free movement of people and um when you're talking about the obesity crisis that's hitting the states and things like that there, there's some really important matters and, and this is one of those times um i bought a treadmill and <laughs> treadmill designers you need to fucking look at yourself whoever designs a treadmill where the water bottle holder is that big that every time your foot pounds the deck of the treadmill, the water bottle vibrates really loudly. You're a fucking idiot because it means that I can't listen to music whilst I'm running because all I can hear is the rattling of my water bottle. Two things, Phil. You you went round the houses to get there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and, um, I, did. I did. And the second second of all, just 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 try running like on your toes a little bit, mate, rather than absolutely you've, pounding the pounding the treadmill the next week. You've, you've seen me run. It's like a it's like an elephant running away from a mouse. Oh, oh mate, that was incredible. I love the fact you... that's one of the best any other businesses ever he mentioned he mentioned go through some existential crisis to tell me that he's too fat to run on his treadmill existential crisis and and a mention of the holocaust and dispatches um to talk about a treadmill that's incredible um i was gonna talk i was gonna talk a little bit about women's cricket and then i thought you know let's have the sort of be be kind because i can't you know i can't deal with it it's it's is it on sky it is on Sky, yeah, behind, behind a pebble. Um, but I haven't really got anything else to say about anything I mean, this week. I mean it. If you if you start talking about women's cricket, I'm gone. I'm out. So of what? It. So what I will do is I will talk about Liverpool. Liverpool lost to Nor- to Norwich. No, to Watford at the weekend, which was nice. Um, and Liverpool fans are just. Arguably, along with uh, a large portion of Saracens fans, not the ones that we like or the ones we know, not James or Matt or um, M. Holbes, 
Who it I think was the one really... that I had a bit of a bit of a bants with. Earlier. Was that was that whole M holes? Might, might have been. Yeah. Um, when I told to enjoy Doncaster. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but it's just you know how, how are Liverpool getting playing, on? How are they getting then, on tonight? They're actually losing to Chelsea, okay. uh, which is which is again great news. Get out of the FA Cup. Um, they're two 0 down. See you later. Um, wheels are falling off, and I'd like nothing more. How you know, much all... would you laugh if they didn't win the league? Oh, mate, just don't. You know what I'd like nothing more is for them to be that many points clear, and then the coronavirus wipes out millions more people, and they have to cancel the Premier League just be- just because they can't fit any more people. Like they can't have public gatherings anymore, so the Premier League's cancelled, and then Liverpool don't win the league. And then the the look on Liverpool fans' faces, it's all null and void. And it would be just tremendous. Russ wants millions of people to die so Liverpool don't win the Premier League. <laughs> to be fair, it's a sacrifice. I'm on board. I'm on board. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> um, on, that, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. It's an hour and a half's worth of absolute ramble. The pie um, chart should be interesting this year, this week. Patrick's pie chart, yes. Uh, Apologise for the lack of Ben. Uh, who probably would have made this sound a lot more sane. I'm fully expecting Ben to come back with braided hair. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> with like the, the beads in it. Oh, proper Rastafarian <laughs> Eustace. With... I know I want to talk about rugby, man. <laughs> with that reggae. Amazing. Reggae sauce. Just smoking a fat one. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I would pay I'd pay to see that from Ben. Um and Ben, if you've got this far into the podcast and you're still listening, then uh safe trip back and hopefully we'll see you next week. Um looking forward to some Six Nations. There is Premiership as well. Uh but the main event is England Wales at Twickenham on Saturday afternoon at quarter to five. Where will you be watching it, Phil? Uh probably at home. On the, on the BBC or ITV, obviously. Yeah. Uh Doug, what about you? I'm not sure, mate. I'm working at Saracens, so are they early kickoffs? Are, in it? It's a one o'clock kickoff at Saracens, so I should, I might get back for the second half. But I'm doing the England under twenties on Friday. Where is Gloucester. that this week? Gloucester. They're uh, playing Wales as well, aren't they? Is it mirroring fixtures? I believe so. Yeah, and then I'm doing Bristol on Sunday. Nice. You're everywhere. Although uh, I'll, I'll hopefully, well, maybe see you later in the week. We'll might sort. sort no, well, I'll see you at the venue, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people, there, let me know when you get there. I'll, I'll have to go on camera about six o'clock. So mate, just people were bored of this chat last week, so uh, let's not let's not bore <laughs> any further anymore. Um, thanks. No, for coming. no one's listening now, mate. <clears throat> and we'll uh, and we'll catch up with you after the Six Nations if we haven't all died of coronavirus. So and if, uh, any, if anyone. Um, does get this far just hashtag upside down head <laughs> yeah go well sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.